welcome to this philosophical episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Gather around, put on your thinking caps, and let's ask the real questions. Welcome everyone to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. We are alive once more. Uh, my guest for tonight is Jim Marshall. He is the, should I say, inventor or founder of a new philosophical school, Septemics. Uh, Jim, good evening. Introduce yourself to the good people. Hi, Stein. Uh, well, yeah, I am the discoverer of hitherto okay. unknown natural phenomena, which greatly aid in the understanding of people, from which... I constructed a revolutionary practical philosophic system called Septemics and published it in the book, Septemics, Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. Awesome. Awesome. We, um, we all know seven is very much a divine number, of course. So um, what did you discover? How, how did you discover it? What is Septemics in, in your words? Okay, well, those are three completely different questions. <laughs> So first, let me tell you, Septemics is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word Septemics means of or pertaining to seven. Septemics comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales, each of which is unique and Together, they span the spectrum of human experience, by which I mean any situation, problem, or dilemma in the life of any person can successfully be analyzed by one or more of these scales, usually more than one. Okay, and um, what's, what are those scales and how do you, how do you implement them? Uh, well, as far as what are those scales, let me tell you the names of the scales, because okay. that will be the subjects. Each of these scales is, uh, that I, I will name now has seven levels to it. Uh, there are individual scales, meaning they apply primarily to individuals, and there are group scales, meaning they apply primarily to groups. So these are the individual scales. The scale okay. of basic purposes, the scale of personal influence, the scale of choice, the scale of permeation, the scale of thought, the scale of identity, the scale of evaluation, the scale of motivation, the scale of control, the scale of stopping, the scale of scholarship, the scale of literacy, the scale of human ability, the scale of memory, the scale of spiritual identity, the scale of mental deletion, the scale of aberration, the scale of physical fitness, the scale of justification, the scale of belief, the scale of equanimity, the scale of attack, the scale of conflict, and the scale of reaction. And these are the group scales, the scale of relationships, the scale of life spheres, the scale of government, the scale of civilization, the scale of survival, the scale of management, the scale of exchange, the scale of communication, the scale of allegiance, the scale of sexuality, and the scale of politics. Uh, this is an entirely new subject. I actually tried for years to fit, to fit this into the context of some other pre-established subject and failed completely. This is a new subject, and the book is a text on this new subject. Um, 
I wrote this book to help people. Each of these 35 scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining the salutariness or beneficialness of any group, individual, or activity. If group, individual, or activity moves persons up these scales, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. More importantly, just finding out what level you, another person, or some group is at is by itself lightening and beneficial. And finally, once you know the actual level of a person or group on any scale, you can improve that person or group by moving them up one level at a time. All of these advantages represent major steps forward for society. Each of these scales is an axis against which to evaluate human behavior. And combined, they empower one to understand, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most. So how would you find out on which skill you are? How, well, first, how can of all, you... first of all, every human being is at some level on every scale. The data is just sitting there waiting for you to access it. So the best way to use this for a new person is to find something that's relevant to your situation. And I'll give you a, a, an example. Let's say you have a friend who's having a romance problem mm -hmm. and you want to help him. So you say, Joe, come over here. Let me show you this. And you open the book to the scale of relationship. Now he will look at this and he'll say, you mean there's a scale of relationships? And you'll say, yes, find your relationship, the one that's giving you trouble on this scale. Now what will probably happen is he will find a bracket. In a matter of seconds, he will say something like, oh, I'm not sure, but it's maybe three or four. So he already threw out five levels. Then you can say to him, okay, well, let's have you read the text. He's gonna wanna read this text because he's interested because he's having trouble in this area. You've already taught him something new. and there's the possibility of you helping him. So you have him read the chapter and you might want to help him with that in the way a tutor was. So then after that, you have him come back and say, now, having read this, look at it. Where is this relationship of yours on the scale? Well, he knows his relationship. He's been living with it for some time and he will look at the scale and say, well, now that I've read this, I can see we're at number five, say. And then he will have a realization. He'll say something like, well, no wonder we're having trouble. Five is not such a high level. See? So he has already been enlightened about this problem he had. Then you could say to him, all right, now let's have you look at the scale of sexuality. And he will look at that and you can say to him, you don't have to tell me, but for yourself, where are you on this scale? See? And again, he will look at it and he will probably find a bracket right away. Mm -hmm. See, he'll throw out a few levels. And then you say to him, well, look, let's have you read this chapter and see if you can nail this, because you're obviously having some difficulty with this, and this will help you. So he will read it, and then he will come back and say, now, can you see where you are? See? And again, you could say, you don't have to tell me, but can you see what level you're at? And he probably will. He probably will say, well, you know, I can see it. Or he might, if you're friends, he might say, well, I can see that I'm at level four. See, and then he will have a realization. Say, well, that explains X, Y, and Z. And then you say to him, well, what about Mary Sue, who you're having trouble with? Where is she on this scale? And I'll say, ah, oh, yes. So he knows her. So he will study it. See? And again, he'll probably come up with a bracket in a matter of mm -hmm. seconds. And then you'll say, okay, think about this now. Where is she? And then he'll probably say, well, I can see she's at level five. And then he might say something like, well, no wonder we're having trouble. 
we're at two different levels. And if you look at this scale, it's obvious that some of these levels conflict. In other words, uh, I already know that if two people are not at compatible levels on this scale, they're not going to have a successful romantic relationship. You're going to have a lot of trouble. I'm sure you've heard of this. People, they like one another. They're smart people. They're attractive. But they just can't have a relationship. It's usually because they're at conflicting levels. Now, you don't have to be at the same level, but you have to be at a compatible level. So he could then go to her and say, look, look at this. Uh, he shouldn't tell her level, but he should say, look at this scale. You don't have to tell me, but... Can you see where you are in this? And she might say, well, now that I have read it, I can see I'm at level five. And then he might say to her, well, you know, this is probably a problem in our relationship because I'm at level four, you see? So that just might be the end of the relationship right there. He might say, well, we're not compatible. Or he might say to her, well, let's move you from level five up to level four. And she's going to want to do that because it's going up the scale. And yeah. If she moves up to level four, then they're at the same level, then it will work. Then you could say to this friend of yours, where are you on the scale of allegiance? Now, anytime a relationship deteriorates, it's always because allegiance has deteriorated. Since there's some trouble in this relationship, we already know that one or both of them has gone down this scale. So again, you could have him find his level, you could have him find her level. You see, you know, yeah. I could keep going like this. I could give you another half dozen examples. <laughs> but that's how this works. It's all about insight. There's three aspects to insight. One is every time you find someone's level, whether it's yours or another's, mm -hmm. you have an insight. You say, oh, yeah, you have an insight into this. Then in general, as you use these scales, every time you use it, your sense of insight is improving. In other words, your ability to perceive the meaning of relationship, understand people, generally improves. So the more you use this, the more useful it becomes to you. The other thing is that as you use it, your relationship uh, with others is going to improve because you're more insightful. Also, I can tell you that when a person is insightful in an area, he will find that he's at or near the top of that scale. And when he's not insightful in that area, he will find he's at or near the bottom of that scale. So this explains why people are sometimes upscale and sometimes downscale. There are very few people who are at or near the top of all the scales. There's a somewhat larger group of people uh, who are at or near the bottom of all the scales. Most of us are high on some scales and low on other scales. So for example, this hypothetical guy who you've been helping here with these mm -hmm. scales, uh, he might be a guy who has a million dollars in the bank, lives in a $5 million condo, drives a Maserati and owns a yacht. But he, you, it's already clear that he has trouble with relationships with women, you see? So on the scale of human ability, he's probably very high. That's how he got all that wealth. We're assuming he's not in organized crime. So, so you see, he's high on this one scale, but this will be useful to him on another scale. Now, the other thing is, even if you are high on a scale, other people may not be. So what happens with this is anyone who mastered this subject necessarily will have an impact on those around him. Because what will happen is he will see that someone around him, a friend, a relative, an employee or whatever, is not doing well. And he's going to reach out to them with this book. Now, I emphasize never 
tell anyone the person's level on any scale. If you want to give the level of a deceased person, as they do in the book for instructive purposes, that's fine. But if the person is alive, don't tell him. Let him figure it out himself because as he figures it out himself, he will have an epiphany. He will say, oh, I see. This explains X, Y, and Z. You see? So he's yeah. actually getting a little bit smarter as he's using this. So that's basically how this works. It's very user-friendly. And I went out of my way to design these scales to wrap around the person. In other words, the way they're structured, the way they're expressed. Uh, when you read this book, it's like putting on glasses and looking in the mirror. You see yourself more clearly. Yeah. You, see, you see, because there are only seven levels to each scale, you're not selecting from among a million things. You're selecting from among seven. And because this is natural law, which I can explain later, these resonate with people. These people get this. When people look at this, they say, oh, yeah, I see this. Now, if a person is very downscale, it means he lacks insight in that area, and he will have some trouble understanding that skill and using that skill because he is at or near the bottom of the scale. Uh, so you, you still might be able to uh, utilize that, but the higher you are in the scale, the easier it is to understand for you and the easier it is for you to use. So if a person reads it and can't figure out where he is, assuming he can read English reasonably well, he's probably at or near the bottom of the scale. See, that's a clue. Yeah. So that's what this is about. This sounds like it could be used in like alternative forms of uh, therapy, for example, to like first see what the uh, what the problem is, and from there. Um, you know, find solutions, find, okay, how can I move up the scale? How can I, you know, enlighten myself more? Um, it's, it all sounds very, very useful. It's, um, it's quite, a, quite a handful, 30, uh, 35 times seven, but it's, I mean, as you explain it, it's not difficult indeed to, uh, to understand. Like English is my, my second language. I speak it well enough, at least. Um, but even for me, I can, I can understand this. Um, question i have like most um philosophical um philosophical schools or uh spiritual teachings are about enlightenment or you know reaching enlightenment which um in septemics would i guess be like on top of all the skills is that a possibility would you be able to reach the highest level on every scale or are you always going to be lacking somewhere the short answer is it's possible to reach the highest level on many scales uh, it's very difficult to reach the highest level on all of the scales let me tell you why there are general scales and there are specific scales a general scale is one in which you find the level whether it's yours or another and that's it. You're done. It's not easy to move on a general scale. As I said before, each scale is unique. You can't yep. infer anything about scale A from studying scale B. So, for example, the scale of basic purpose. Every person has one of seven basic purposes. All the other purposes are subsets of those. So when you find your level on that scale, that is a life changing experience because you know exactly what you're about and you throw out the other seven levels because they don't apply to you and this makes living much easier you know who you are and what you're doing basically the person's basic purpose is what he's trying to do 
So then you know what you're trying to do in life. So it's very easy to go forward. Now, can you move yourself up? That's not so easy. It's not impossible. It happens, but it's not something where, uh, you know, you can work on it or study it. And in a few months, you go up. I could go into specifics about people who have gone up or have gone down, but it takes a major change to the person, either up or down. So, for example, let's say you had somebody who was in a Nazi death camp but survived. That probably would have knocked him down one level on this scale. He's not going to be this so. when he comes out of that. He's probably going to no. be at a lower level. See? So if that person has a lot of therapy or some kind of facilitation, study, uh, philosophy, he might be able to go back up to the level he was at, if possible. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, you may already have heard that it's an established fact in the mental health profession that psychopaths and sociopaths do not make progress in therapy. It, cannot, no. it doesn't matter how good the therapist is. Those are people who are at or near the bottom of the scale. That is why they are like that. So they lack insight. If a guy did not lack insight, he wouldn't be a professional criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're because they are, of course, very like very smart, very high in intelligence and very high in charisma, but very low in um in you know being able to to feel very low in their emotions. So that yeah. is definitely out of out of balance. Yeah. My studies of professional criminals is that overwhelmingly, I'm going to estimate something like ninety percent are not smart people. There are people who had learning disabilities. There are people who dropped out of school, you know. There are people who, they're just not smart. And and I have actually known some of these people and been around some of these people. <clears throat> these are not smart people. Now, some of them, of course, are smarter than others. For example, Carlo Gambino, who is the, the namesake of the Gambino crime family, mm -hmm. they never got anything on him. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew where he lived. Uh, the police had a car in front of his house for years. They never got anything on him. He was just too smart. So he was, again, I know people who were friends of his. Uh, he was a smart guy. He was not yeah. your normal mob member. And so he was smart enough to outsmart the feds. And he died happily in his own beautiful home. Okay? He never did <laughs> anything. Okay? As opposed to uh, the guy who followed him a couple of steps later was... John Gotti, John Gotti, and again, this is public information. He was a dumb thug. Okay, he was he was an ignorant, crude, uh, brutal person, and he died in prison. He did not yeah. conduct himself the way Carlo Gambino did. Carlo Gambino never lived in a mansion. He never drove a Cadillac. He didn't wear custom-made suits. He kept a low profile. He kept his mouth shut. He was very careful. Okay, so he had a great life. And as opposed to John Gotti, who they got him and they, he died in prison. So, you know, so Carly Gambino, again, I'm, I, I don't know if I should give loves. I, I know what his level was on the scale of basic purposes. I'll go ahead and give mm -hmm. him deceased. He was at level four, which is normal. Mm -hmm. he, the, the purpose of a person at level four on the scale of basic purpose is to fit in. He wanted to fit in. If you look at his life, he wanted to have money so that he could fit in. Again, he didn't drive a Cadillac. He didn't live in a mansion. He fitted in. He, he lived not far from me in my neighborhood in New York. Mm -hmm. He sent his son to the same college that I went to. Uh, so, you know, that was what he was about. 
That's he was not a destructive person. Now, did he have people killed? Probably, but they weren't smart enough to connect him with any of it because he wasn't a dumb thug, yeah. as many of these people are. So that's why he is widely considered. First of all, he was the model for Don Corleone, the Godfather. <laughs> the okay. Godfather, yeah, 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 I've seen the movies. Yeah. Was the model. Okay. Wow. Okay. And he was widely considered in that circle as the greatest Don of all. A Don is the head of a mafia family. Yeah. Okay. So, so see, all this fits together very nicely. Um, as opposed to take the scale of evaluation. People mm-hmm. move on the scale of evaluation in minutes. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you have, you live in Europe. You've probably never been to an American football game, right? Uh, no, no, okay. I haven't. Have you ever watched an American football game? Uh, yeah, I have managed to uh, to find some live streams. Um, yeah, you just you know, throw a ball from one so half to a half of the field to the other. And... Okay, I was I used to be a football player. It's a very complicated game. It's a game of rules. There's all kinds of rules. Okay, you, some guys can't use their hands, and some can. Some guys can go across a certain line. Some guys can't. It's very complicated. And so if you were to go to an American, you probably have no opinion about American football at all, right? Because you're not really involved in it. So if you were to come to American, American, your friends were to take you to a game, then probably in a matter of minutes, you would either go up or down one level on the scale of evaluation. Because everybody enters that scale at level four, which is neutrality. When you come upon something new, you're neutral. Now, if you're sitting there and you're watching it and they're explaining it to you, saying... Oh, yeah, this is cool. I like this. You've already gone up a level. But the opposite could happen. You oh, could okay. say you could say to yourself, why would anybody want to watch this? I don't get it. This is, this is not fun. See, you've gone down a level. Your evaluation went down from four to five. So you see, that's an example of a scale. It's a specific scale mm-hmm. where people move very quickly and easily. And many other scales, people do not move quickly or easily. And again, that's part of the power of this because you can analyze your entire life. When you're talking about a specific scale, you can use that scale a hundred different ways. For example, the scale of motivation. Let's say a guy and a girl are talking about getting married. Wouldn't it be smart for him to know why she wants to marry him? What is her motivation, right? That's a reasonable yeah. question to ask. I'm not saying he should necessarily ask her. I am saying he should look at the scale and evaluate her against these seven possibilities. If she wants to marry him because she loves him, he should be able to see that. That's the highest motivation at all. That's level one. But she may want to marry him because he owns his own company. He drives his own uh, Maserati. uh, He owns a 50-foot yacht and he flies his own Learjet. Okay? And he lives in a a palace. That's a different motivation. For some guys, that might be fine. You know, there are lots of older unattractive, rich men who marry beautiful young women. The guy knows the girl is a gold digger. He gives her a diamond ring, a mink coat, pearl necklace, Corvette, and a credit card. And she's happy. Yeah. Happy. And he's happy because he can say that, you know, he's got some arm candy. He's got a beautiful 25-year-old girl for a wife. So, you see, for him, that might be fine. For this yeah. other guy, it might not be fine. So, figuring this out could be the difference between marrying the person I'm breaking up. Either way, I guarantee the guy will be happier because it's the truth. Because every time you have an epiphany, it's a positive experience, right? The guy will study this and he'll say, oh, I see. You see, he's he's figuring it out. Yeah. And that is 
always a beneficial thing. So when you get somebody to use these scales, you're making a friend because they're going to be beholden to you. They're going to say, thank you, Stan, for showing me this. That's that's what happens with that's how this works. I don't know if I answered your question. But yeah, no, it's, I just find it's very interesting in how many different ways you can you can use the scales. And I, I think it's for, for so many people, if they're, they are going to implement it. And for whoever is watching, whoever is listening, I, I do recommend you do, or, you know, at least look at, uh, look at implementing it. Um, because we do have a tendency to overcomplicate life sometimes to, um, too much in, in our own head, to be too much in our own thoughts going down and down and down and down the thought pattern, maybe eventually even coming to a conclusion, which is just not true. I mean, I've, I've been there myself, mm -hmm. you know, very much overthinking, going down a downward spiral and coming to a conclusion that's in the right one. I mean, if I had those skills, if I knew what those skills before, um, it, it, I know for sure it could have saved me a, a whole lot of trouble. Um, yes. so I think, especially nowadays, like we need that. We need structure because er everything is, well, there is no structure anymore, really. Anyone can be anything and, you know, nothing at the same time. So we are living in a very confused world. So Septemix, I think it could definitely provides a lot of, a lot of good structure and yeah like really really help people so let me tell you why this works because that's Please. not obvious at all these scales are natural law in the same way that the fibonacci sequence is natural law and i'll tell you how i figured this out i was accepted into engineering school at the age of 16 and by the time i had my bachelor's degree i realized that I wanted to engineer not anything physical, such as electrons or airfoils or motors, but rather the human psyche, because that is the area of greatest unknown. And it's the yeah. area in which we are failing miserably. 95% of the problems that people have in the industrialized world are because they don't understand people, don't understand the wife, don't understand the husband, don't understand the son. Don't understand the daughter, don't understand the mother, don't understand father, don't understand yeah. the boss. Right? This goes out in every direction. Don't understand people who are running for government. Who's this guy? What is this guy about? You know, what's going on here? They don't understand. Uh, I then, to make a long story short, had a long career as a human development engineer using engineering principles, working one on one with hundreds of clients of every description for many thousands of hours cumulatively. And as I was doing this, I started to notice that my clients would improve in ways that were predictable to me. Now, I never told this to anyone, but I made notes. And as the decades went by, I had more and more notes and I came to realize that the client would be at a specific level on a specific scale that I had observed. Needless yeah. to say, this only made me better at what I was doing because we would go into the session, the guy would have a problem, I would observe that he was on a certain level, on a certain scale. And as a result of that, he would go predictably without my telling him to the next level up. This sort of accumulated until 1995 when I had one scale in particular that had six levels that by then I knew absolutely was correct. But I realized one day it had a seventh level. Uh, I was pondering a particular client of mine who was problematic. 
and I was trying to understand what's going. And then I realized, ah, the seventh level. I saw what the level, and it was obvious to me when I looked at the scale where to insert it. So I inserted it in there, and when I did, the scale manifested mathematically. Now you have to understand, I come from a hard science background. I took 26 semesters of math and loved every minute of it. So I understand math way a mathematician does. So I saw all of these mathematical functions just appeared in front of me when I made this a seven-level scale, and it went from being a scale to a plane. In other words, it expanded from being a straight line to being a whole body of data that you would have to express in table or a spreadsheet. Every one of these 35 scales is expressed in the book on what you might call a table or a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So when I saw this, I said, whoa, this is natural law because anything that has mathematics embedded in it is inherently natural law. So yeah. then I said, I found something here. Then I asked myself, I wonder how many of these other scales that I had been accruing are actually seven level scales that had not been developed all the way because I wasn't developing anything. I was just helping my clients in making notes. So knowing what I was looking for, I inspected these scales. And in a short period of time, they all expanded quickly to seven levels. And as each one did, it manifested mathematically. So in a short period of time, I had 32 scales that all had mathematics embedded in them and were all seven level. And I said, wait a minute, this is a new subject. Then I realized I could go from helping people by the hundreds, which is what I had been doing as a human development engineer, to helping mm -hmm. people by the millions if I put them in a book and get it out to the people. So then I said, okay, I have to write a book. The first draft was completed in December of 95, and it was in a transcript form. And I sent it to colleagues of mine, many colleagues of mine, all of whom had graduate degrees in a variety of subjects. And they all responded very positively. Their responses were different, but they were all very positive. So that told me, okay, this is exactly what I think it is. It's a new subject that can help anyone who studies it. So I spent the next 25 years of my life developing this subject. Wow. You realize, first I had to discover the phenomena which was largely done, it just presented itself in the session. And I wrote yeah. it down. Yeah. Although I did find three more scales as I was writing them. I had to take these phenomena and craft them into a workable philosophic system. Now, as an engineer, I'm only interested in results and facts. I'm not impressed by opinions or beliefs. Everybody has them, and they are irrelevant to engineering. It doesn't matter whether you believe the periodic table or not. Yep. Your opinion has nothing to do with it. And every chemist in the world can get results using the periodic table because it's factual. It took me 20 years to craft this workable philosophy that would work for everyone who read it. But the most time-consuming aspect of this was crafting it in a way that would make sense to the average reader. Yeah. Because my intent from day one in writing this book was to help the average person who wants to improve himself. And I can absolutely tell you, if you can read English reasonably well and you want to improve yourself or others, this book is for you. It's not obscure. It's not hard to understand. Uh, I have glossaries, not only a glossary in front of every chapter. Even in front of the introduction, there's a glossary. So I'm telling you the definitions, the specific definitions of the words that I'm using. So when you look at a scale, you have the definition of every word. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to realize that there are seven levels, and each level is expressed in a name and a synonym. 
so you have some depth of understanding. Also, the names of the 35 scales, it has a name, but that also has a synonym. So between that and the glossaries, if you pay attention to this, you will understand it. Okay, this is not hard. And that was a lot of work. I, I rewrote this book many times. I would rewrite it and then I would release it to clients, friends, scholars, associates, and I would get feedback and then I would make adjustments. Uh, and after 25 years, I said, well, I'm not going to live forever. I'm going to release this. <laughs> so yeah. I've, been, I've been seeing results from this for 27 and a half years. Uh, and so I already know how this affects people over a long period of time. All kinds of people, not all the readers of this have college degrees. Many of them don't. So I can absolutely guarantee the reader that this book will save you from catastrophe, indictments, bankruptcies, lawsuits, and so forth, because it gives you a grip on the person you're dealing with. So I bump into people all the time, either in three dimensions or online, Mm -hmm. And 95% of the time, I can spot the person on certain scales, and it tells me something about this person. Sometimes I can see that this is a very downscale person. I don't tell them, but I just say, no, nah, I'm not going to mess with this person. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Yeah. This also happens where I'll bump into somebody and I'll say, hey, this is an upscale person. This, this person is at this level on this scale, at this level on this. This is an upscale this is somebody who I want around me. And that person will turn out to be a boon to me, somebody who I benefit from. So this is really useful data and can, on the one hand, save you from being the victim of bad people, but also help you to be the beneficiary of good people because you have a way to calculate this. Could you incorporate this with other Practices, because like what I'm thinking is, um, is it like body language experts, for example, like they would benefit greatly from this if they um, like can read a person and then determine on what scale they are, and then maybe go from there. It would be a added tool, perhaps. Well, certainly it's a good added tool. Body language is, is a legitimate subject if you know how to use it, but it's a different subject from this. So it's just another tool, you know, body language is like a pliers and this is like a screwdriver. You know, if you have a mechanic coming oh, as a okay. toolbox, he has, he has 30 tools in that box, okay? And in order to do the job, he doesn't know what's going to come up. Maybe he won't need a flathead screwdriver. Maybe he'll need a Phillips head screwdriver. Maybe he'll need a vice grip. He's got it. So it's just another tool for you to use. The beauty of this oh, okay. is that it's universally applicable. I can tell you from my 27 and a half years of watching this, and you have to realize that even before I wrote the book, I knew most of these data because I had discovered them empirically. So I've been using this for many decades, okay? So I know what this is about, and I know that other people get it. Uh, nobody who has read this book has ever said to me, I don't get it. This doesn't make any sense to me or anything like that. That has never happened. Uh, what they usually say is, wow, this is cool. What I urge people to do is study it and then use it. Use it. Use it to figure out what person you want around you. Use it to figure out what's going on in your life. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. 
Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podcasting Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. And this will explain things for you. And let me tell you a phenomenon that I've observed. It's happened many times. Some guy will be looking at a scale, right? He's not thinking about, let's say, his mother-in-law, for example. Not thinking Mm -hmm. about it, right? And he'll be looking at the scale and he'll say, wait a minute, this is my mother-in-law. Level five, it describes her exactly. His relationship with his mother-in-law just improved because he understands her better. See, the, he sees the phenomenon in front of him. It's not mysterious. This really makes it easy to deal with people. For example, yeah. I could be standing in the bank online, right? And the two people mm-hmm. behind me are talking. I could spot the levels of those people just from listening to them talk. For example, if I listen to a guy talk for five minutes, I can spot him on the scale of literacy. This is extremely helpful. For example, if I were talking to Jordan Peterson, an extremely literate person, I would speak very differently from the way I speak to, for example, my housekeeper. This helps me to communicate with the person because I'm on the person's level. See what level the person is at. You see, I would have no qualms if I'm talking to Jordan Peterson about using the word antediluvian or quotidian. He would know what I'm talking about. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that to my housekeeper. They're going to say, what? <laughs> or, or even worse, they wouldn't say what. They would just go, oh, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an, you know, just not know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, so, they, so, lo- they just look at you not right. understanding and just, right. okay, right. cool. I'm, so, I'm going to so do whatever I'm doing. Is, this is extremely useful. Now, even though this is this has mathematics underneath it, I went out of my way to write the book in such a way that it's not like studying mathematics. It's very little mathematics. I minimize. Now, in a couple of cases, I had to broach the mathematics in order to explain the scale. Uh, and so I just explained it. Now, I have been involved in education continuously from the age of three. So I have a pretty good idea how to explain things to people. I had a long career as a tutor working with people. You know, when you work as a tutor, you're cleaning up messes made by the education system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like detective work. You have to figure out what is it this guy's not getting? That's not obvious because the person never knows what he doesn't understand. He sometimes thinks he doesn't know. But the thing he doesn't understand is always prior or more basic to the thing he thinks he doesn't understand. So you have, you have to further. So I use those skills to sort of reverse engineer this information so that it would make sense to people. So there's a, a lot of, uh, that's why people people get this. Now, because it's natural phenomena, people resonate with this. They look at it and they say, yeah, I see, I see, yeah, I see. You know, it's like a good way to, to explain this. This is a descriptive science in the same way that botany is a descriptive science. So if you invited me to your garden, you say, mm-hmm. come and look at my flowers, right? You might say, oh, we've got tulips, you've got roses, you've got forget-me-nots, you've got posies, you know, because I know something about botany, right? So some, some little kid who doesn't know any of that, to them, that would just be flowers. So what this does is it gives you an eye, a way to see things with clarity, with specificity. You understand So when I look at a person, I understand what's going on with that person. I understand his his deficits. 
which are places where he's downscale. And I understand mm-hmm. assets, which are things which are upscale. And so I have had a lifelong philosophy of you work with what's good about the person. You find what's good about the person and work with that. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I had a math teacher for two years. He was brilliant. He came into class every day with one sheet of paper that he had mimeographed. That's even before Xerox. Mimeograph, put it on the board, he would explain it, and we would get it just like that. And that went on for two years. He turned me into a mathematician. Now, this guy is one of the most horrible people I've ever known. He was certainly, he was probably a Nazi. He was certainly anti-Semitic, okay? We're talking about a bad person. Uh, and I was around him a lot, so I got to know him. And so, you know, this is not subtle. This is the yeah. kind of person, this is the kind of person who would have voted for Hitler or or. Mussolini, okay? He was a great math teacher. So on all this other stuff, I just didn't get into it. I had I had many Jewish friends. The fact that this guy was anti-Semitic, it was shocking to me. I didn't I didn't say anything because he was the teacher and I was the kid. It did not, I just didn't go there. Yeah. So he he came to respect me because I got high grades, you know, very, very high grades in math. And he knew that I was one of his good students. And so I respected him because he was a great math teacher. So that's how most people are. Uh, I know one person who very successfully sold life insurance for 34 years. That is not an easy thing to do because the only time you collect is when you die. You think it's easy to sell that to people? This guy was a master, okay? He sold over a million dollars worth of insurance year after year after year. So in that, he knows more about life insurance than I'm ever going to know. He Mm -hmm. was like a genius in that area. So he made a fortune, but... In other ways, not a person I wanted to be around, okay? So that is to some degree true for everybody. For example, Bill Clinton is a very smart man. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He graduated from Yale Law School. If you've ever heard him speak, this is a smart man. Yeah. If I were going to discuss politics, I would want to talk to him. He's very yeah. smart. It is no secret that he is a serial abuser of women. Many of them sued him. Some of them have come out and stated with specificity that he raped them. If I had a sister or a daughter, I would not want them to go out with him. I would say, you know, if you want to vote for him, okay, but don't go out with him. That's yeah. a perfect example. I'm not giving you any levels, although I could, but I don't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect example of a guy who professionally on the scale of human ability, very high. On the scale of sexuality, very low. So that's how most people are. So you can you can use this to your benefit. See, that horrible math teacher I told you about, I benefited greatly from that guy. I was on my way into engineering school with a very deep understanding of mathematics. And because he did his job well. As a math teacher, he was at a very high level. He was at least an expert, which is level mm-hmm. three. He may even have been at level two, which is a virtuoso. Now, I'm giving a level because of the guy. I'm sure the guy's been dead for 30 years by now. He was an elderly man when I was a kid. You can use this to your advantage. So let's say you want to hire somebody to work for you. You know what you're looking for. And you can assess this person and make a judgment. Is this somebody? This guy might have something about him that you really don't like. It may not affect uh, this other aspect. For example, I was an Elton John fan from day one. Now, many years later, I'm talking about like eight years later, mm-hmm. came out 
he was gay. Because in those days, you didn't say that. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. This is long ago in my youth. Different times. Yeah. And I thought about it for about one second. Then I thought, what difference does that make? It's got nothing to do with me. His music is great. And I kept listening to his records. You see? I kept being an Elton John fan. So yeah. that had nothing to do with me. So that's, oh, that's the way you want to deal with people. You want to, you want to I'm sure he would understand that. No matter what I think of that, of his being gay, I'm a fan. I would be yeah. out clapping, you know? So that's the way to deal with all people. And I could give you a hundred examples of this, but I think you got the idea. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it very much makes sense. You can dislike the person, but respect what, uh, what they are doing. Uh, it's, it's great that you mentioned uh, like such a great musician as Elton John, because that's a, a hot topic in the, um, especially in the music industry nowadays with all that, all that ugliness coming out. Can you separate the art from the artist or right. are they, they one and the same? And it's, it's a difficult discussion but i believe that you should be able to enjoy someone's work that's right but you know still don't like or you know disapprove of what they did or what they are doing i i right. do believe that they are two different things two different scales indeed right that's right two different scales and many people make that mistake uh for example thomas jefferson was a genius he was at level three on the scale of basic purposes which i call a winner the winner's purpose is to better his nest to accrue victories he wants yep. to win okay and he did he won everything where he went he won he despised and derogated alexander hamilton alexander hamilton is another person who i admire greatly. These are both founding fathers. They both made massive contributions to the founding of the United States in a different way. I do not use the fact that Jefferson hated Hamilton as for a reason not to like Jefferson. You know, I know why he hated him. Hamilton was a leader, level two on the, on the scale of basic purpose. It's a very different type of person. So it's easy for people at these different levels to conflict. You know, Washington uh, was a winner in the same way that Jefferson was. He won and he won. He won at everything he did. If you study the man, okay? So but he saw the genius in Hamilton. Hamilton was a colonel at 22. And, and Washington kept Hamilton at his elbow for the whole Revolutionary War. He was so brilliant, he would not... not let him have a command. He wanted him right there to advise him. Okay, that's how smart he was. These different people have different plus points and minus points, and that's a vagueness. But this tells you with specificity what is this person about? You see, the leader is down for the struggle. He's willing to die for what he's doing. Yeah, like Hamilton and Lincoln, both leaders, and they both died from political enemies. They would kill political enemies. As opposed to Jefferson was not like that. Jefferson was an intellectual. When the English finally got came close to his house, which was far inland, he got on his horse and ran away. He didn't fight anybody. He, he, he was a different type of person. This teaches you to see the beauty in the person. Now, there are people where there's not a lot of beauty to see, like Adolf Hitler. Hitler's basic purpose yeah. was destruction, which was level seven on the scale of basic purposes. And if you study the man carefully, which I did, 
you can see he was inherently destructive. He wasn't just destructive to the ally. He was destructive to the Wehrmacht. He was destructive to his own family. He was destructive yeah. to Germany. Okay, that was his basic purpose. Now, if you actually study the man on other scales, he wasn't that bad. You know, he was quite artistic. His art wasn't that bad. He yeah. loved his mother. He loved animals. Most people don't know that the Nazis were the first people on earth to enact laws against cruelty to animals. Yeah. You know, I know so, that. That's, that's yeah. quite fascinating. Yeah, like so, animals, animals are the one they cared about. Yeah. And so, uh, so when I look at Hitler, I don't hate Hitler. Uh, of course, uh, having many Jewish friends, it will be easy for me to hate him, but I don't because that does not help anything. I've no. studied him enough to see he was probably the greatest public speaker of his day. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is a scheme. Okay. I mean, how else if would he, he died, rally so many he, millions of people? Right. If he died before the invasion of Poland, he would have gone down as the greatest leader that Germany ever had because he did a remarkable job in taking Germany from a nation in chaos and poverty and turning them into a prosperous nation, okay? Yeah. In, in six years, okay? So, uh, of course, he was an evil person. Of course, he was crazy, okay? He was also, in some ways, very stupid. You have to realize that people are complicated, and that's why these scales are valuable. You can say, okay, this guy's good at this. He's not good at that. So it tells you who you want to deal with. Einstein, on the scale of human ability, was at level one. Genius. He was a genius. Yeah, now, absolutely. In his personal life, was he like that? No. In his personal life, he was a very ordinary guy. So that is how most people are. And but even more valuable than that, when you spot the level, you can move up one level and you've improved yourself or you've improved the other person. So this gives you a way to get a grip on what's going around, going on around. So you know who you want to stay away from, who you want to be around and who you can help. And it tells you in detail in the book how to help the person. So this is not obscure. Uh, I was very careful to give very specific instructions on how to use this to improve yourself and how to use this to improve others. It's a little bit different because you're dealing with another person. Yeah. But it's all in the book. So here's the main thing you have to understand about this in closing. The data in this book are vital for every human being and can help you to achieve your goals faster and easier by explaining what might otherwise seem to be inexplicable or random. If someone to invite were to invite you to a rendezvous, you would certainly expect them to tell you the time, the date, the place, and perhaps also how to get there. Right? Yeah. Needless to say, it's very difficult to get somewhere. If you get somewhere, if you don't know where you are, don't know where you're going, and don't know how to get there. Now, this yeah. sounds idiotic, but most people do this regularly. In fact, some people do this continuously, and they just live their lives in a in a, in a stew, you know, goes in a circle. Mm -hmm. When you find your level, you're finding on that axis where you are. You know your location is specific. Then you know your destination because it's the next level up. And if you try to get to that level, you will get there. It also tells you where you'll go if you fail, which is the next level down, not a place you want to be. No. So, no, of course this you want to go. Really, uh, yeah, really useful. No, it definitely sounds like something that um, well, that everyone can benefit from. I I know for certain that um, at this point in my life, I have some ideas of where i uh, where i want to go but a little you know a little clarity doesn't hurt so i i think i am definitely gonna go to buy your book and you know see if it's if it can make make sense
of things if I can if I can get that a little bit of clarity so that I may understand better where I'm going and especially how to how to go there because that's what is needed in this world just a little a little bit mid, a little bit more structure a little bit more clarity to move move up in life as a as a person or you know as a businessman or in your your social life your your love life because um, from the sounds of it it can really be applied to pretty much everything i wouldn't say this book is for everyone it's for people who want to improve themselves yeah now there are people who don't want to do that psychopaths sociopaths narcissists serial killers war criminals crazy people you know uh there are all categories of people who are not interested in improving themselves and i'm sure you have run into some of these people but i've actually calculated that about half of the human race wants to improve for others you know they want to help their children they want to help the girlfriend they want to help the mother whatever and that's what this book is for so it's available in a hardbound softbound and ebook the ebook is very inexpensive and the beauty of it is once you have the book you don't need anything else except maybe a dictionary but i would say that for every book on earth yeah. i never teach anything to anybody having a dictionary handy because people very often don't realize they don't know the meaning of words i would never say to a student do you know what this word means because 99% of the time they're going to say yes what i say to them is what is what does the word justification mean and if i get a blank look i say let's look it up yeah. okay and when they look it up they say oh okay now i really see this and then you go back to the material uh this is really user friendly and i hope people will take advantage of this because your success is my reward that's how i think that's that's amazing and uh where can the people find your book where can they find your teachings it's available anywhere books are sold amazon barnes and nobles if you just type the word septemix s e p t e m i c s into a search engine you get hundreds of responses including all the people selling the book so it's not hard to find this book. I want to say in closing, I invite your viewers to my website, septemix.com, where they can see for free, of course, what many readers have said about it, what many journalists have written about it, what the reviews are. You can read sections of the book itself, and there's a 15-minute uh, introduction to Septemix recorded and put on there, and anybody can listen to it and hear me explain the subject to a new person. Yeah. If you do that, you're probably going to want to buy the book. Yeah. I am um I'm definitely going to uh, to buy the book. I think I would benefit greatly from it. Uh I have um at least the link to your website and your Amazon or the the Amazon for the book in the uh in the description box below the video so if the people are interested if um they want to improve their themselves and I don't see why you wouldn't um easily go there just click on the link it'll take you directly there uh jim thank you very much this has been very very informative um i have definitely learned a lot and i um i look forward to to reading your book to reading your uh, your teachings and applying them because like i said i think i and many people with me will uh, will definitely greatly benefit from it so thank you very much awesome uh well this has been another amazing episode on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Uh you can find us and all that we do on www.greyhornpagans.com uh also the link 
in the description down below, of course. Uh, I just want to plug one thing real quick. Uh, that is our thing. Josh, he has recently published his own book. The Shadow Crown is now officially out uh, as a Kindle edition. And since today, I believe also on paperback, you can find the link on our website. So uh, yeah, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio platforms, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave something nice in the comments and yeah until next time everybody and jim thank you again very much and yeah bye people